2023. Guys, it's a clean slate for everybody, except for Ben and I, because we still haven't started our episodes on time yet. So we've already failed our first resolution this year, but that's okay. We'll we'll get them next year, Ben. Mm-hmm. That's right. No, we, no, we won't. But, you know, anyway, guys, happy new year and welcome back. A brand new episode, our first, well, shit. Yeah, I guess it's technically our first episode of 2023 since our most anticipated technically one on, came out New Year's Eve. So right. if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that one out. A lot of fun. A lot mm-hmm. of fun there. But this is part one of two of our best of 2022 as we take a look back at a, some were saying Ben, it was a, the best year for film since the COVID, since since uh, COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm, I still I, I still really like 2021. That that's just me personally. But okay. um how, how are you feeling? Do you kind of agree with other people when I say that? Uh I think so. I, I had quite You're a bit welcome. of fun this year. <laughs> Looking back, making this top ten film list, I think it was a little harder than last year. So yeah. Good good time. Okay. Well obviously I'm the odd man out here. That's okay. <laughs> I don't mind being different. I don't mind being the odd man out. But what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to split this up into two parts. Like I said, this is part one of two. Uh, for this first part, we're just going to talk about our best shows, our favorite shows of the year, sorry, and our favorite performances, five favorite performances. Last year, you know, we kind of put that all into one episode. And then I, 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 I'm trying to help you guys out here. I want this to be not as long, but not too short either, just the, just the right amounts. Mm-hmm. Goldilocks. Um, yeah, exactly. Part two might be five hours. I'm just kidding. It won't be five hours. But part two will definitely be longer than part than this first part right here. But in order for part one to not be as long, I need to stop dragging this out. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, ben, how are you, by the way? Doing good. Doing good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to every single one of you out there. I feel like I already said that, but Happy New Year, just in case. So yeah, we're going to take this first part. We're going to talk about our favorite shows and then our ad break and then favorite uh five performances of the year sounds good um but before we get to that ben we have to get to our question of the day oh that's episode. right and our question of the day today or for this episode is sticking with the theme of 2022 now since all you guys think this was the that was the best year since covid whatever it's fine I'm, i'll lose that battle sure fine, whatever <laughs> Ben, a film that's not in your top 10 or even in your honorable mentions. Can you think of a film not in your top 10 or your honorable mentions that was a great theater experience in 2022? Hmm. I had a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for me is The Northman. Yep. Uh, that was a great theater experience. That one's not my top 10 or honorable mentions. Still, Matt, great film, Ben. It's just, you know, it doesn't hit the same watching it at home as it does in the theater. Mm-hmm. But still, a good, great theater experience. Uh, Ambulance, another film that I had a lot of fun with. That was a great theater experience, even with all those drone shots. I still had a great time <laughs> the yep. watching it. Um, those are the two that come to mind right now. Mm-hmm. But I can say that aren't in my top ten or all the mentions. I'll let you go. I'm gonna look at my letterbox just to make sure I didn't miss out on anything. So go ahead. All right. Yeah, one of them was uh, Barbarian, which is crazy theater experience. I always say that watching horror movies with a crowd, well, usually I think is uh, is more fun because you get the the scares from everyone, and mm-hmm. kind of makes me more scared sometimes too, uh, with you know people jumping and stuff. So, and the the crazy turns that movie goes through, uh, the the whole crowd was into it. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, nope. Also, missed my top ten, which. Um, I guess not, you know, not as thrilling as Barbarian, but uh, no, <laughs> had a good, a good crowd for that one too. And I, I don't know, I, I enjoyed seeing that with other movie fans too, and hearing the discussions after it as well. And one that just missed my top ten uh, was Avatar: A Way of Water. Is that not even your honorable mentions either? Oh yeah, that that's like number eleven. Oh, well, you just say the honorable mentions for later. I'm talking about films that aren't even your oh. honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, spoiler alert. But okay, yeah. Anyway, that one okay. as well. Uh, quick shout out to Triangle of Sadness as well. That was a great theater experience. It's not my honorable mentions or my top ten. Uh, uh, 
an experience where I laughed my ass off, especially but that second act is so fucking good. I love that second act so much. The third act then was a little, it, it just drags. It dragged a lot. No comedy should be two and a half hours. I don't care how funny it is. It no comedy should be two and a half hours. But to its credit, Triangle of Status is still a really good movie. Just that second act, man, I laughed so much throughout that entire cruise sequence. So good. So that and Bullet Train. I had a really fun time at the end of Bullet Train. Uh, yeah. It was a lot of fun, too. And also, you know, I'll say this to the uh, the menu. The menu did not make my top 10 honorable mentions, but I had a lot of fun on the menu in the theater as well. So that's all I can say without getting into my uh, top 10 honorable mentions. So stay tuned for part two. I'm going to reveal everything. Except for Ben. His honorable mentions are already listed, revealed. So, you know. This one. This one. Okay. Yeah. So, Ben, disappointing. There's been a lot of disappointing films this year, too. Yep. Uh, there, there's, there's three films that really come to mind that really disappointed me. One of them I still actually enjoyed, but the cast assembled made it seem like it was going to be like this next great action movie. But, you know, it came out in January and it also came out on Peacock like two weeks later. And that was a 355. 355 I had a lot of fun with. But it could have been a lot better than what it ended up being. It's just Chastain and Pete and the Longo, man. Like, come on. Oh, you. And Sebastian Stan. I mean, you have this great, talented cast. And it was just born legacy. Honestly, that's what it felt like. And, you know, <laughs> just, eh, eh, eh. Wow. You know, so that that this, that was disappointing. Amsterdam, then, was just. You know how much I was looking forward to that movie, man. And that, yep. That that was a slog. That was a bore to get through. Did the did the ending of that one get you all or surprise you anything? Honestly, I was checked out by that by the point okay. of the ending because I, I was I ended up going on my phone a couple of times throughout that middle portion of the movie. Oh, okay, and I was like, oh, okay. But so by the end, I was like, oh shit, we're still going. Yeah. Okay. And actually, a little sport, but no, you know what? You guys aren't going to see Amsterdam at this point. I was actually kind of like liking Taylor Swift's character until they killed her off. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, going. she's okay." Kill her off, all right. Yeah. <laughs> John did Washington was so bland, just just dull. He was really dull. Man. Like, I don't know. He has such great charisma. Yeah. But you know, I would say Halloween Ends was disappointing. That movie's just that movie's just terrible. That's just an awful movie. <laughs> I would say Blonde was disappointing, but that was just awful. That was just that was just terrible. Deep water. I am so disappointed by it. <laughs> yeah. I love me some Ben Affleck. I love me some Honor the Armas. And that was just when the little kid is the best part about the movie. No, no, <laughs> no, not this is no offense to the little kid, but like, I mean, your two highlighted stars are Ben Affleck and Honor the Armas, and they were just kind of like, at least Honor the Armas was having fun though, the role. She sounded she seemed like she was having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But then we have this really stupid bicycle car chase sequence. I'm like, what the what what is happening here? Yeah, but then you and I called it as soon as it went to Hulu. They were like, "Ah, oh, shit, this is probably a bad movie," <laughs> and it was a really bad movie. You know, I, bad. You know, eh, that little girl really just had her moments, man. She really did. <laughs> and that whole end credit sequence, I liked. I love. I love her little end credit sequence at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that was probably the most disappointing film that year, man. It was just. Oh, it could have been so much more. Mm-hmm. But it was just bleh. So there's some other ones on here too, but maybe you'll say them. So do you, you have any disappointments? Let's see. Yeah, looking at some, I, I I feel like I skipped several that I heard were not that great. Uh I'll throw out the bubble though. Uh that's another one that went to streaming. I was and... gonna say that, but my heart just aches because I love <laughs> me some Jet Apatow. And right. That just oh, Yeah. That movie's terrible. Yeah, really bad. And I wanted to give it a chance to, and you know, had had some drinks ready and some snacks, and I was like, let's let's do this. But it, you know, it's not it's not really that funny. Do a pillow and blanket ready too, because you know he does like to go over two hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Actually, this is the shortest it, movie. Is it the shortest? I, yeah, I was about to say it's only like closer like, to two hours. It, no, I think it's actually under two hours. I think it's right, like right an hour and fifty something minutes. Okay, yeah. You know what, Judd? Make your movies as long as possible. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. that, that seems to be a recipe for success. Uh, now we're not complaining. <laughs> yeah, now we're not going to complain. But yeah, the the with the cast 
you know, in that poster, seeing all the people out there, it's like, oh, this this ought to be good. But it, yeah, was was not. I actually think Ben that might have been better off as a series. Oh yeah, they could expand it more on. Yeah, and less characters, and no yeah. dinosaurs doing TikToks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, skip several of those. I I hate to say it, but Jurassic World Dominion, uh, it has moments. For me. Yeah, it has moments, but for being this epic franchise mm-hmm. ender, quote unquote, um, you know, sixth movie, I was I was really hoping for a lot, but yeah, it kind of let me down. But like, yeah, the interactions and stuff, and the really the the soundtrack, I actually like a lot. I do too. Um, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I I was mixing on my iPod the other day. You're what? <laughs> oh, I sound so old. <laughs> You're what? <laughs> anyway, shuffle How's my iPod. How's working these days, man? Oh, what? That's new kid stuff. I don't get into that. Um, wire? That's old stuff. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, I'm about to say. <laughs> we need to, to like, reevaluate this here. <laughs> anyway. Stop for a bit. I was going through my MP3 songs, okay. and oh, uh, <laughs> and some of those came up, and I was like, "What? What is this?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I bought that soundtrack, and uh, the song is actually really good." So, anyway, um, and then one <laughs> movie film that I watched as well movie recently film? on a streaming service device thing. Oh lordy, <laughs> was uh, White Noise, which I wasn't looking or to like a whole lot but i mean adam driver greta gerwig and this is uh and Cheadle. oh yeah and Cheadle. this is noah bomback after marriage story which of course was a netflix movie as well so i was like all right well this could be this could be good um but it, it was a very weird film and i did not get into it my favorite part of that movie was the end credit sequence I still haven't gotten around to watching it, and I kind of don't want to. I just, I've yeah. just heard so many mixed things. I'm like, I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. I'm just like not in the mood right now for. Yeah, you definitely got to be in a mood. Yeah, and it's, uh, I don't know, it like like Soderbergh, his characters, he writes them where it's like not, they don't always sound authentic, I guess, right. but it's talking fast, and it you're always intrigued by them. But this one, it was none of them sounded real and it, it was just like satire that didn't work so yeah it was quite quite disappointing all right um do you have a surprising film well, not surprising. maybe that's not your top 10 or 20 or whatever you know uh for me that's spoiler alert with jim parsons actually i just watched this like two weeks ago maybe it was last week actually um that movie really really hit me man like, because you know everything that's gonna happen, and yet it still affects you. It still got me crying. And I love Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory, but like I haven't really watched anything of him outside of Big Bang Theory, so I was curious, like, how's he gonna be as a leading man, but dramatic leading man? And he, he nailed it. He was really, really good. Um, so if you guys haven't seen Spoiler Alert, look look out for that. Uh, Pinocchio is another one. I love Guillermo Toro's Pinocchio, even though Pinocchio is like a little fucking weird shit for the first half hour <laughs> of the movie. I mean, he is just a goddamn asshole in this, in this film. But, man, that journey he goes on by the end, man, I was satisfied. I was emotionally satisfied at the end. It's a really good movie. Animation's beautiful, beautiful. Now, those first 10 minutes, too, reminded me of Up. I mean, that that was just... That was some hard-hitting stuff. Uh, Screen 5, just missed the cut for honorable mentions. Love, love, love Scream 5. One of the more entertaining films of last year. I'm so excited for Scream 6, as you guys may know if you listened to last week's episode. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing Scream 6, something I didn't think I was going to be saying. But I, yeah, I'm very excited for that. And X was really good as well. Really, really liked X. So, uh, And Fall. Fall too. Fall was uh, really, really good. I was on the plane. I really shouldn't have done that. No, I mean, <laughs> there's a joke there. Give me, give me, give me. Well, why would you put that on the plane? <laughs> anyway, any, any surprises to you, Ben? I had several surprises in my top ten, so that's okay. exciting. But uh, yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So tune in for that later. Um, Barbarian again. I guess <laughs> it was exciting, mm-hmm. uh, and I was excited to tell other people that hadn't heard of it to watch it. Uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, which I, I watched thanks to you because it like came and went quick. And then, um, 
yeah. So anyway, finally got around to watching that. And that was a, that's a delightful little film. Uh, I didn't know it was like a a short or YouTube short, I guess, before and and everything. So yeah, it was like Janet Slee and her husband. Well, her husband before they got divorced, um, they did that together. Oh, okay. So huh. Um, but yeah, that was a really sweet movie. We I we talked about that trailer being really cute, but uh, yeah, the the movie itself was really delightful and uh, shed some tears with that one as well. So yeah. All right. We'll stick with that. One more other film too. Uh, they're both Netflix movies, but the Adam Project was mm-hmm. really, yep. really good. I had a lot of fun with that. A lot yep. more emotional than I thought it was going to be. I had a lot of good heart in it. Walker Scoble, too, really surprised me. Like, he does a really good young Ryan Reynolds impression. Like, that was very, yeah. very good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Do Revenge. Yes. Maya Hawk. It's really, really good. <laughs> it was. was a lot of fun. <laughs> Like, I was thinking like, thinking, like, the best Netflix films from last year. I was like, dude, I just kept going back to do Revenge. That was a lot of fun, man. It, yeah, the the um, plot synopsis or whatever didn't sound all that great to me. And Anna watched it uh, and told me to watch it. And I was like, oh, we'll, we'll see. But, oh, it was, yeah, it was really good. Uh, another one I thought of, too, was uh, Prey on Hulu. Mm-hmm. The Predator prequel. They probably uh, regret not putting in theaters, but I mean, I get it yeah. now because like it's hard to like kind of predict, yeah, that stuff. But they probably like shit that we put it shut up in this in theaters for a couple weeks. Yeah. All right, let's get to our shows now. Let's let's take a break and go to our favorite shows of the year. So Ben, I think you said you have three shows. Yep. Why don't you go ahead and share your uh, top three shows of 2022? Okay, three, two, one. Number three is where I have payment, Tommy. Which feels like it came out ages ago, but it was early, early in the year. Sebastian Stan and Lily James. That's right. <laughs> that was a big surprise, too, because I was wondering how they could stretch out a story I didn't really know anything about, honestly, uh, into however many episodes it was. Eight, I guess. Eight or nine. But, yeah, they they do really good and jumping back and forth between characters and, and showing from both sides and how it affected Pam and Tommy's lives. Um, and then, of course, the acting was incredible. Seth Rogen, too, coming in there a little bit. Uh, and Nick Offerman, <laughs> Office Rocker. Yeah, it's a it's a good show. I quite enjoyed the the after party, which I talked about on here a couple of weeks ago as well. Was was a lot of fun, murder mystery, which is always intriguing to me. But a uh, little twist was that each episode pretty much kind of went to a different genre of film, like musical and animated. So that was cool, seeing all the different perspectives and the way things <laughs> lined up and connected between the episodes. And the mystery got me. Too, which is always a big plus <laughs> with those. I, I did not see that coming at the end. Uh, so that was a lot, a lot of fun. And I just remembered an honorable mention. Um, Only Murders in the Building Season 2 was a lot of fun as well. As the, the first season was awesome. And it, uh, you know, to make a second season after that, it was a little questionable at first. So I was like, ah, can they do it? But I, they, they did it once again. And the the chemistry between the three leads is amazing. the The mystery maybe not as fun, I guess, or not as clever as the first one, but I I still had a great time watching it, and do recommend. Number one show. This is a huge surprise. Did not think <laughs> I'd be praising this show as much as I do, but it it's it's Andor. It was so <laughs> so good. All the different actors they pull in, all the characters were awesome. I I remember being on here several times and rolling my eyes saying, "I we don't need a show for this random Rogue One character," but I it what they did with him was amazing, um, and and his story. And I'm really excited to see what they do for season two as well. Um, but it, you know, repeating what a lot of people said, but it it kind of gets to the roots, if you will, or the, the underground of the star Wars and the, you know, rise, um, against the rebellion and every, or the empire. So yeah, the soundtrack too, plus it looked beautiful. And that finale, I even watched it 
um, like twice in one week because I watched it at uh, Anna's brother's house, actually. And I was excited to watch it again and got the chills again at the speeches and, and everything that happens in that crazy finale. So, yeah, that's that's my number one. For me, Stellan Skarsgård was the best part about that series. He was so fucking good in that show. Oh, was. my goodness. Diego Luna knocked out of the park. Mm-hmm. Like he did not miss a beat from Rogue One. Actually, I think he actually is. It's kind of unfair, but he's better in yeah. the show than he is in the movie. But that's because he has a lot more to do. Right. Um, quick shot to Andy Circus. I mean, God, yeah, I loved it. And that whole thing about him not being able to swim. I, that my heart, my heart broke. Yeah. My heart yep. broke. I'm just not in love with it like a lot of people are, like you and others are. I, mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm a Mandalorian diehard then. And oh, just, yeah. I, you know, but Andor is still great. And speaking of Star Wars, we got the Bad Batch coming out this week, and I'm like, I need to catch up on season one. Look at you guys at Star Wars. Uh, you guys are tend to focus on your series, not your movies right now, because your movies are, or your series have been killing it. Well, I, yeah. most of it. Yeah. yeah. Obi-Wan. Yeah. It's funny that the show everyone thought was going to be in their top 10. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Andor instead. Yeah. But I knew when we got that little sneak peek at the Rogue One IMAX we released, we got that like exclusive clip. I think it was from episode two or three when him and uh, when Andor and Skarsgård are um, escaping that little factory. I was like, this mm-hmm. is going to be something really special. Yeah, a lot of people are digging it. I still think it's a good show, Ben. Just not even my top 10. I think 2022 was a really good year for TV, honestly. Um, so I've heard, yeah. 34, <laughs> yeah, 34 shows I've watched this year. Wow, okay. Um, and I haven't even finished. I'm like still, I have like five of the shows I'm like trying to finish up. It's just, it's been a lot, a lot of content, especially like for the latter half of this year or last year. A lot, a lot of good content. But, um, you know, my five honorable mentions, Peacemaker, Probably the best comic book show, Marvel DC wise, uh, to come out. Uh, we own the city, HBO Max. Really, really good series. The Resort, I loved the Resort, so much fun. And uh, Chris Demiliotti, of course, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Winning Time, The Lakers Dynasty, love that series, and especially me being a diehard Lakers fan, that was a lot of fun. I really wanted this to be a part of my top five. House of Dragon. House of the Dragon is also an honorable mention. Really great um, first season. Really great season to start back to Westeros. Because a lot of people were disappointed with the last season of Game of Thrones. I'm actually one of those. I was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. But this was Game of this this was a return to form for Game of Thrones. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, HBO. So that, you knocked that first season out of the park. And the last show is a, probably the biggest surprise of the year for me. It was called Tell Me Lies. Uh, on Hulu, a really, really good show about the exploration of toxicity in a relationship, and there's so much more to kind of uncover with this series that I don't really want to get into, because I kind of consider it a spoiler, but there's murder and stuff like that involved, and it's just, it's really, really interesting, and this really toxic relationship is explored, and the way it's kind of formatted, kind of it starts in the future, but then it goes back to the story of how we get to this point in the future. And the ending of season one is so fucking good. My jaw dropped. I was like, oh my God, fuck yes. It was, yeah, very satisfying. And I'm glad who would decide to do a season two. So let's start with number five, though, Ben. And my number five is the boys season three. Um, that was going to be my favorite show of the year. It's not. But. The late the, the the first half of the season is not as strong as the second half, but it's these character relationships that really really sell sell you on the show. Um, Jensen 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 Ackles, yeah, uh, comes in this season. He's so good in the role of Soldier Boy. He's really good. Carl Urban's never been better. Jack Quaid's fantastic. Um, the entire ensemble is really great. So we got the boy season three is really really good. They hyped the pure orgasm though. I mean, they were hyping that episode up a lot. And I was like, it's dirty. I mean, we've seen, I've seen dirtier on TV before. It wasn't that dirty. 
but yeah, the, the last episode, specifically like the last two episodes were really, really fucking good. So boy, season three comes in at number five. Number four. <sighs> I can't believe the show's over now. That to me is over now. And season three of that to me has it was finally released. And first of all, I just gotta say it was hard watching Christina Applegate in that state. Um after you know, after her diagnosis and her condition, and I'm glad she was able to pull through and do this final season with her and Linda Carlia. Because Ben, I gotta tell you, I don't know if you watched the last season, but their chemistry has never been better. This is the best those two have ever been together. They are really, really good. And James Marsden as the other twin, um, he is really good in the show. But then the finale is the best episode of the entire series. The finale is it's emotionally satisfying. Um, I cried about two times and it goes to places I did not expect. It really tucks at the heartstrings and the third season is just kind of like a, really the finale is just the, what you love most about this show. So yeah, Dead to Me season three comes at number four. Number three, Stranger Things season four. I've, I've we watched season twice now. Or once I've watched the season twice, um, and this is the best season of Stranger Things in my opinion. And what I was most impressed by was you have characters in like three or sometimes even four different locations, and they managed to pull it off really, really well. Except for that Mike and Will and his brother story, like that got better in volume two. Volume one was like, you know, every time we kept going away. I was like, can we can we just can we just get back to 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 the town, Ben? The town, the town. Oh, like, Hawkins. Oh, yeah, I would say Derry, but that's that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I was about to say the Losers Club. <laughs> um, like, no, yeah. nah, those two are just so similar. But yeah, um, yeah, get back to Hawkins. Thank you. I was about to say Derry again. Yes, yeah, after <laughs> Hawkins, uh, everything on Hawkins was just so much more interesting. But yeah. Because that my one complaint about season four is just the eleven stuff just dragged on too much. And that yeah. Like episodes three, four, and five, when she gets to the lab, that's when it was like, yeah. okay, let's let's pick it up. But like that to me, this was also very emotionally satisfying. And that the, that last like five, six minutes been when everyone's reuniting. How I mean, come on, how wholesome was that? How satisfying was that? That was and they replayed the same music when everyone was drifting apart at the end of season three. So yeah, it was very, very cool. And actually this weekend, Ben, my sister and I were going to a uh, Stranger Things exhibit. They have the Stranger yeah. Things experience here in Atlanta. So we're going to do that this weekend, actually. I'm very excited. I had looked at getting tickets. So yeah, tell me how that is. Uh, yeah, I will. I'm very, very excited. Because uh, actually they have a Harry Potter one here too. And I was like, All right, we should do both. And she's like... If you've been to Harry Potter and Land, we don't need to do that. Too. I was like, okay, you probably have a point there. Right. Yeah, okay. that's true. Um, so yeah, Stranger Things, not Harry Potter. Stranger Things season four. But season five, I will. I will say this though, because I remember the hype for Volume Two was so high, and we were all, even us, you and I were both. Who's gonna die? Who's yeah. it gonna be? All right, Duffer Brothers, I love you, but you gotta. You gotta take a you gotta take a swing here. You gotta take a risk. Yeah, I think you gotta take a risk and kill off somebody major. And Millie, but Millie Bobby Brown called them out on it too, didn't she? I, I, I yeah, like I take a <laughs> risk. Take take a swing. Take a risk. I don't want to speculate right now because we still have like a whole other year to go before we get to that. But I I don't think it's gonna be eleven bit, and I don't think it's gonna be Steve either because I think like Steve was like the popular one going around right now. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, my heart would break if Robin died. Mm-hmm. We've grown mm-hmm. to love that Robin character so much. Yep. I think all the kids are safe. I think if anything, it's going to be like a Hopper, or <laughs> I, I I don't know if he can kill Hopper again, though. You know, I don't know if they. Oh, well, true. <laughs> for so, real, yeah. <laughs> this, this is time. for real, guys. Yeah. In, until the spinoff series. <laughs> yep. So, I don't know. What do you think, though? You, you got any like? Um. Yeah, Hopper probably not. I, I don't know. They if they took a huge swing and went for Steve, uh, it would be devastating uh, and a memorable finale, I guess. But yeah, they'll probably go with someone else. Man, I just I really want to kill Marlon, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, 
Like I'm really like loving the Robin character. She was yeah. so good this season. Yep. She's excellent. God. Anyway, number two, White Lotus season two. And this is better than season one. And where the first season kind of deals in wealth and, you know, wealthy people. Uh, this is deals with relationships. And actually, Alex from League of Cinephiles brought up this really good point. That it's kind of like sexual politics. I didn't even think about it that way. And I was like, ah, that's actually that's actually a really good way to put it. Um, this really explores relationships in a deep way. And Jennifer Coolidge, just what a what a, what a talent. What an idol. What a what a what a gem of an actress she has been. I mean, she just comes in and anything she does and just kills it. And I my MVP though is probably Aubrey Plaza. She is so fucking good this season. Like really, really good. Third season is supposed to be going to like maybe China or Korea, something like that. So I'm very curious where they where they take off in season three. But the finale of this this series too is really, really good. Uh, but this whole season as a whole, I just, I just found it more interesting. I like the characters more this season. Everything people were going with. Like the first season, the characters, all of them just kind of annoying, kind of whiny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone here had kind of had their own little journey. And I, F. Mary, F. Mary Abraham, too, is really, really, he's probably my runner up MVP. He is really good. He has a moment, second to last episode, where he, they were going to a place and he did not see, he did not get what he was expecting out of it and the emotional toll that took on him he mm-hmm. played it off really well so yeah white lotus season two really strong can't wait for season three was but that one in italy sicily yeah sicily okay i just seen the poster with the vespa yeah sicily yeah you know, okay. those damn vespas all right anyway <laughs> number one ben probably could get a kiss with his euphoria season two ben this is this is a hard show to watch man it is a hard hard show to watch and not because of all the excellent acting. I mean, that's part of it, but the excellent acting, it just makes it even harder to watch. But like the, the subject content and what these characters kind of go through, in particular, Zendaya's Rue, where she goes through this season, it is just, it's hard to watch. And episode five, when she kind of has her breakdown, it is Ben, that episode alone, I've been saying this since I watched that episode, that episode alone is just give her the Emmy. And she did. She got the Emmy. So, right? Yeah, she got the Emmy. The Emmy's already happened. Yeah. Yeah, they already happened. I'm not losing track. It's awards season. I'm not losing track of all the stuff now, Ben. Um, that's right. She got nominated for Golden Globe, I believe. That's actually next week. Now I think about it. Golden Globe's next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I didn't realize that. Yeah, because no one really cares about the Golden Globe. That's why. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Euphoria season two. Even though Zendaya is definitely the standout, Ben. As she always is. Holy shit, Sydney Sweeney like took it up and it gave her character a lot more to do in season two. And she really knocked it out of the park. And that's why you see her getting all these movie roles now, because you you see something in Sydney in season two, it's like, holy shit, she's a real she's more than just like eye candy. She's a really good fucking actress. And there's this scene, I think it's episode four, she has with Jacob Elordi. This little monologue about, you know, how she's, you know, dangerous and she's crazy. And it's the way she plays that off and acts it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I'm terrified. Really terrified. So, yeah, Euphoria Season 2, my favorite show of 2022. So we're going to take an eye break now, guys. And we'll be back with our top five performances. <laughs> fun for you yeah now we get to the good stuff as i take a sip my diet my diet coke coke zero <laughs> mm. ah, zero sugar taste so <laughs> not a sponsor not a sponsor but hey we're here what shit i'm always drinking coke i'm always drinking coke zero guys so hey and coke is here in atlanta so oh just, true true come on over all right just come on over to the good side Maybe right. slip us the formula. Be cool too. All right, Planting, calm down. So, <laughs> Ben. Yes. Now we're talking all movies. All movies now from here on out, from the end of this episode to part two. Movies, 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 movies. How boring, right? So, 
this was a strong year for performances. And there's mm-hmm. still some movies and stuff I haven't seen, like The Whale, Same. The King. I just haven't gotten around to seeing some stuff. Okay. Part of me doesn't even want to see The Whale right now because I just, I hear it's just so Brendan Fraser centric and the whole movie, the rest of the movie is just kind of like, right. I'm like, eh. okay, we'll see. Ben, if you have any runner ups, go ahead and share your runner ups and then get to your top five through two. Remember, we share our number ones for last. Okay. Um, yeah, I had quite a few runner ups here. My list kind of changed quite a bit as I went. Um, but let me throw out honorable mentions here. Anya Taylor Joy in the menu. Really, really good. And really, yeah, a lot, a lot of the cast was really good. Nicholas Holt and uh, Ray Fiennes as well. But uh, Anya is the, the main character in this one. And I think she had a lot to do. A lot of surprises to, to lead us through and changes of her character. And she portrayed it very well. Uh, Viola Davis in The Woman King. I don't absolutely love the movie, uh, but the, I mean, the action, everything is, is really cool. And her, her character has more depth, I guess, than just, you know, warrior, as you might suppose in the trailers, I guess. But of course, she is a absolute badass as well. Um, but you do get depth and emotion from her character as per usual not surprising i guess but she just does it so well uh gabriel labelle in the fablements uh was was really good yeah not much to say there but really good uh and missing out is is kate blanchett as tar or in tar as tar <laughs> part of it's <laughs> part of it's just because I, I i did not enjoy the movie that much I uh, she, I'd, I'd be totally fine if she if she won. She does the different languages really well, fluid. But I don't know. I just didn't. <laughs> her her performance is great. I, there is part of it that's just me not liking her her character or the movie that much. So Rod is shocked. Plus, I knew you'd have it on your list. Looks like you do. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Blanchett, I am sorry for this, man. I'm, I am, I, 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 I do not know this person. I, I, I apologize. I, I don't know him. I, I, I don't know him. I also watched it in like segments, so maybe that took away a little bit look, too. I, look, the thing with Tara but... is, I, that movie really is not for everybody. Yeah. And I knew that walking out of the theater, I was like, this is not going to work for a lot of people. And my one criticism of that movie is kind of like. It's two hours and thirty-eight minutes. It doesn't really need to be. There's parts in that middle portion of the movie they could cut out some fat there. Mm-hmm. But I that first act is so fucking good. The first and the third act I love, but there's just there's this middle portion, and I, I I love 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 this movie. You're gonna hear me talk about it later in the next episode, but just take certain things out. Yeah, I don't want to say what those things are because that's spoiler territory, but. There's this whole segment where she chases after somebody because she forgot something in the car, and I was like, "Hey, you don't really need to see this shit." Yeah, I, 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 you just wasted like seven, eight minutes. I don't. Yep. You know that 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 felt unnecessary to me. One of my favorite scenes, though. You know, I'll, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. Go, go ahead and talk about <laughs> your top five. All right, uh, top five, and I'm sure some of this will be uh, controversial, but these are rules that that stuck with me. Um, the T-Rex in the bubble. I knew it. He's got to give it away like that. Okay, this one, a little recency bias also, but uh, and also bias, I'll be honest. But Margot Robbie in Babylon. So fucking good. She was fantastic. And of course, we've seen her, you know, I, I mean, everyone here is great and, and other stuff, but uh, oh my gosh, just seeing her character, you know, rise up through the ranks of, of Hollywood and achieving her dreams. And how good her character is as an actor. And because Margot Robbie is so good as an actor, it was just so, it was like really meta, if you really think about it. Um, the but, crying on point, the crying on yeah. scene. I, I, oh my God, so good. <laughs> just incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like actually, yeah, watching her do it. Um, yeah, so, so, so good. You should and watch then, this uh, CBS interview she did on uh I think it was CBS Good Morning or something, but this morning, something like that, where uh-huh. she talks about it. And I was like, that's really interesting. So, yeah, oh, okay. Look that up on YouTube. It's really, it was really interesting, actually. Okay, cool. I will. Um, yeah. And then 
she kind of has the her character kind of has a typical maybe well i won't get into it but typical i guess hollywood uh downfall i guess if you will but she she acts that out really well too uh and it's really believable so but really yeah that that first half it just the, the carefreeness but then also the <laughs> expert acting and everything was she's incredible. dancing at that party i want to get up and start dancing i was like yeah, i know what, me too. what are you doing this is such a random dance but yeah i get it yeah. <laughs> oh, so much fun. All right. Uh then next I have Austin Butler as Elvis in Elvis. So uh, obvious. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, watch out. Oh. Oh, there it is, the windmill. <laughs> I love it. Um yeah, really, really good. I've I've come down on the movie itself as as you know, rating. Oh, but, you don't say. Yeah, oh. yeah. But Austin Butler is fantastic. He's the best part uh in the movie and yeah it really delves into the role i I'm, i think similar to freddie mercury as uh <laughs> as freddie mercury rami malik as freddie mercury in uh behemoth rhapsody uh, I, lo- I love rami as freddie but this was this was better what i did this one. okay yeah this was better and i i've heard that there is even more concert footage that he you know reenacted and everything i'd, I'd love to see that because i feel like those Parts he you know really did well getting into it, and I felt like I was there at the concert. Um, and then uh, yeah, of course, arguing with Tom Hanks and everything was, was really good too. Uh, Michelle Williams in the Fablemans is up next at three. Excellent, excellent. That's another performance where you know the the carefree she dances in that movie too, and I feel like I want to get up and dance too. Um, but then there there's also the heartbreaking moments that she absolutely nails. And yeah, big, big swings there. And yeah, you just never know what her character is going to do or say <laughs> next. Uh, but she, she sells it all the way through. And number two, Colin Farrell in the Banshees of Inisherin. This one kind of snuck up on me because the more I thought about it, the, it, it's a really subtle performance. But the more I thought about it, the more I, I really liked it and it stuck with me. And Brendan Gleeson is great as well. Um, well, I mean, the whole cast, really. Is it Kelly Condon? Carrie Condon? Carrie Condon, yeah. yeah. Carrie Condon. And uh, Barry Keoghan is he's a fantastic uh, supporter. He plays a great character. village idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, gosh, but I, I feel so bad for him, too, when he's, uh, yeah, several moments. But anyway, but yeah, Colin Farrell... Um, like I said, really subtle performance, but he's he, he sells it all. And between the the funny parts <laughs> and you know the repetition of his lines and stuff sounds authentic. Uh, his confusion at Brendan Gleeson's character's motives and actions, you, you feel that, and his sadness. And then he has a little turn there at the end too; it goes a little darker. I, I was going to mention that real quick, like the last like half hour. It's like yeah. it's a completely different character than the first yeah. two, like the first two thirds, um, or the first two acts. Really, like it's a very dark turn. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it gets and it, they, the movie weird. pulled it off really well. So. Yep. Yep, I agree. And he, uh, yeah, he he delivers and made it made it believable uh, for his actions. So yeah, yeah, that's my five through two. Okay. All right. Some of my honorable mentions. Mia Goth and Pearl, one of the probably one of the best, actually the best performance in horror this year. Uh, Brad Pitt and Babylon, God, I love this character. Yeah, so so good. The way he's able to kind of play really drunk and then just switch to yeah. acting just so quick. <laughs> I was like, God, I love that. <laughs> Michelle Williams in The Fablements, loved loved her character. Will Smith in Emancipation, <sighs> just keep your hands to yourself, man. I mean, God, I. Honestly, then I feel like he could have got nominated for an Academy Award this year because this year's men, this year's best actor race is kind of like between two people, honestly. Um, maybe three, even one kind of Colin Farrell, but um, I mean, I feel like Tom Cruise is probably going to take that last spot um, in Top Gun Maverick, but I think Will Smith is really, really good here. And Jeremy Pope in the inspection, so freaking good. Now, the inspection as a movie overall was good. It was okay. But the ins- but him and the inspection is really, really good. You know, playing a gay man in the army or in the Marines 
I didn't even know that he was actually gay in real life. So that kind of actually amped it up a little bit too. I was like, oh, okay, wow, he's really he's and it's a really, really strong male performance. Like I'm I'm kind of crossing my fingers he gets one of those five uh, actor spots because he's it's just stupid good in that movie. Number five, Dakota Johnson, Cha Cha Real Smooth. Um, just a very down to earth, one of her more down to earth kind of what's the word I'm looking for here? Yeah, it's just a very down to earth, honest performance. It's it's very quiet, very subtle. It's not flashy or anything, but what she does and her how she's able to build this great chemistry with Cooper Rafe. It's just it's real it's such a sweet and and just honest performance. Um not my favorite of her career. I, I still think that's our friend to me personally, but I mean, she really, really makes that movie work. Um, but I'll talk more about Cha Cha Smooth later, obviously. Number four, this is where I have Michelle Yeoh and Everything Everywhere all at once. She was my number one for all the way up until probably November. I mean, she was just, and she was best performance of her career, I think. The way she's able to not only handle the acting scenes, but there's a couple of scenes with her daughter, more specifically towards the Taylor end of the film, and they're just talking about the car, you know, kind of why you know they're, they're drifting apart and stuff like that. I that, that whole sequence is just really, really good. Um, and her relationship with Kei Kwan, just those two. I could just watch a whole movie with those two again. I get they have this really good rapport and banter. Um. She just she kicks a lot of ass in everything everyone in. She's really, really good. Number three, I'm not gonna repeat everything Ben said because Ben already said it. Margot Robbie in Babylon. So, so good. And dare I say this might even be better than I Tanya. I don't know yet, but I I it's close. It's very close. Bold words. I, it's close. I have to go back and watch I Tanya, but it's it's close. Mm-hmm. Number two, Danielle Detweiler until I am just I'm floored. I am floored. And I, th- this best actress race, Ben, again, is going to be very, very tight. I feel like anyone can win it, even though I have my <laughs> favorite, <laughs> per se. Um, I, 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 If Margot wins, great. If Michelle wins, great. If, if the other Michelle, Michelle Williams wins, great. Um, but then you'll dead until it's, heartbreaking and it's more structured till is as a very standard biopic but her performance elevates this to being much more than that she really anchors and carries this film as the emotional weight of a mother grieving after the tragic death of her son. And I I, I I, really do implore people, please, please go watch this movie. It is one of the more important films, if not the most important film of the year, along with she said. Um, it is, it's just such a beautiful performance. And my heart aches every time I just, you know, sit down and I think about that performance. It's just, I, I really want to put a number one, but I just can't get over my number one performance because it's just so strong. But yeah, number two is Mich- Michelle Williams. Uh, Daniel Detweiler until, uh, which leads me to my number one, which is Kate Blanchett and Tar. Fierce, strong. And what makes this performance so great, Ben, is in the movie too, you, you really do think this is actually a real person. Like Lydia Tar is a real person. Like it's just set up so well. That you, but the movie is set up to feel like it's a biopic, and you feel like Lydia Tarr is this person, and she, not once do you ever see Kate Blanchett, not once, and we really need to have the conversation about who the goat of goat of actresses is. We need to have a conversation because I don't think it's Meryl Streep, I think it's Kate Blanchett. You just need to look both of their filmographies, but yeah, okay, Meryl Streep's been around longer, she's been in more movies. But you look at the body of work of Kate Blanchett, I'm just saying. And this is no dig at Meryl Streep at all. She is still one of the greatest of all time. But we really need to sit down and have a conversation about who the real GOAT is and why it's the coach on schedule and why it's <laughs> Kate Blanchett. Um, like I said, fierce, strong, intimidating, scary. I mean, she... <laughs> The way she intimidates an eight, nine year old girl, it's like, holy shit. I, 
I was like, hey, 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 Kate, don't hurt me. I, I'll back up. I'll back up. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I Kate Blanchett and Tar, two thumbs up. Uh, when she's playing that accordion, too. Oh, she's so getting a little funny. a little loopy near the end. <laughs> that, that, Dude, her that downfall. Yeah. It's scary, but Kate Blanchett does a great job of like portraying someone going through a downfall. Like I said, scary, but also kind of funny when she's just like, Yeah. Uh, what was it? You're selling your apartment. Yeah, something <laughs> yeah. like that. I was like, oh, God. That might be like the only funny part of that entire movie. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, because also too. That whole one take scene of the lecture at Juilliard. Oh my god. That was a one take. Yeah. Was it? Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah. I'll I'll get into that in the next episode. But yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's just so much really good stuff about a performance and just how Todd feels and it ugh, great movie. Great movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my number one. Uh, which has been here a long time, and she stayed at the top. Michelle Yeoh and everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, you had it in your honorable mentions as well, but she just she has to do so much in this movie. Oh, he was my number four. Does it all? That's right. Yeah, yeah, number four. Sorry. Um, yeah, she has to do so much in this movie, and then sells it all uh, perfectly. From yeah, being. Uh, you know, c- confused about what's going on when she's learning everything uh, in the beginning and then just owning all those characters and doing crazy. Yeah, you said it well, doing all the crazy action scenes, but also those tender moments uh, with her, her daughter and, and family. So, and yeah, you said career best. I, from what I've seen, I would agree. I still need to see several other oh, she's yeah, been yeah. in. I but... have not seen her whole filmography, so yeah, I need to yeah, go yeah. back and like, Oh, that'd be a good actress retrospective maybe this year. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those like defining movies too. That now when people ask, uh, you know, it, it, people ask who who she is or whatever. If I mention her name uh, to non-film fans, that I, I point out this performance. So, and that's a a big check there. So, yeah, still my favorite performance of the year. All right. So, guys, that will be do it for part one of our 2022 in review. Uh, ben, people can find us where? On Instagram, at the Infinity Film Podcast. And you can email us with your favorite shows and performances of the year as well. And why Kate Blanchett is the GOAT at the Infinity Film at rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, New Year, same email rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast.gmail.com So did you agree with me, by the way, on that statement about Kate Blanchett and Meryl Streep? Where, 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 where do you lie? I will right back you up on that okay. wholeheartedly. Yes. Yeah. I I can't wait for a Kate Blanchett episode in a couple months because I'm I'm yeah. Yeah, we need to, we need to have all of us, <laughs> all of us film go film fans need to have a serious conversation about who the real fucking goat is right now. Um you know, we could talk about future goats and Dakota Johnson, but but right now, we're going to talk about why the, the goat of goats um, is Kate Bland, motherfucking shit. So, <laughs> guys, stick around for part two. We get into our top 10 films of 2022. See if you can guess maybe two. Oh, what yeah. will our number ones be? What will our number fives be? What will one random number nine? What will that be? Who knows? Find out in the next couple of days. Um, and then we're going to record it in about five minutes once I take a pee break. So, see you guys in the next episode. Bye.